What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity, helpful and you becoming a saint. I really would like to encourage you to rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats so that other people can find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, then potentially it could become a gift for them as well. And hit me up with your own questions, um, critiques, comments from today's episode and future episodes at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Now check this out. I'm super excited because today is going to be my first ever themed show. So today I'll be talking about alcohol. Everything alcohol, I, 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 alcohol will be the entire show. Um, so if you like this kind of themed style show, let me know. Um, email me at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com and give me suggestions on how to make it better. And let me know what future themes you would like for me to discuss, what kind of questions that you, you might have that can be addressed in a themed show. So for this first ever theme show on I, 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 alcohol, we are going to be discussing the following. Um, number one. Is getting drunk a sin? Number two, underage drinking. Is it cool? Number three, what happens whenever I get unintentionally drunk? And number four, is it okay to give whiskey to my baby when my baby's teething and crying in pain? Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's the, the, the questions for today's show. Stay tuned as we jump into those topics. Before we get into those topics, though, I want to share with you a glory story. So this past week was just it was just a great gift from the father to me Uh, coming off of our two week summer school Love and Mercy Academy. I really didn't have any any time off. Um, It was it was uh, two full weeks of just nonstop going, going, going. Uh, it was the first time ever we did it, and so uh, you know, learned through that. Uh, it was, but it was great. It was awesome. Uh, so I was really tired, but I also um, this past week I I had already planned um, to do some some work with Ascension um, and some work with Focus, and so uh, I got to go in the airport and fly up to to do a new program with Ascension that's going to be coming out later this year with Father Mark Troops and Sister Miriam James, and that was it was delightful. They're life giving people, and it was so cool because. It really was almost like a little mini retreat unintentionally. I went to work, but the program that we are coming out with is a program on prayer, uh, and it is beautiful, and we were filming at this beautiful place in Philadelphia. I think it's in Elizabethtown, Philadelphia. Uh, it's beautiful. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was almost like, um, it felt like a monastery almost, but it wasn't. It was like a wedding reception center that this Catholic family owns. Uh, they have like the Station of the Cross and a beautiful image of Our Lady Guadalupe. Uh, so I got to spend a lot of time just in prayer and also just hanging out with Sister Miriam James, who's one of my best friends. And so her and I got to laugh so much, and it was so cool to just pray and to laugh and to pray and to play and to pray. Uh, it was it was a gift. Uh, but on my way up to there, um, I was in the airport, and I met this, this really cool deacon. Shout out to Deacon Chip. Uh, deacon Chip is a cool guy. He uh, I'm so grateful for him because he noticed that when I was walking in the airport, my my jacket, my you know my little priest priest jacket, it was a little crooked, and he wanted to help me with my swag. And so he didn't even see my collar, and uh, he just noticed a brother needed some help with his, his fashion. And he's like, "Yo, excuse me, sir, uh, you, you, your collar's popping up." And uh, and then he saw my my other collar, my Roman collar. I was like, "Are you a Catholic priest?" And so we started talking. It turns out he's he's a listener to Ask Father Josh. And not only that, but he's a disciple. We were able to share hearts, share stories, and pray with each other. We pray with each other in the middle of the airport, which is super cool. He's a great witness. Um, he is a disciple. And so um, 
it was a, an unexpected gift to meet you, Deacon Chip, uh, and I, I'm praying for you and your ministry and for your family and your and your walk toward eternity. But also, I was able to spend some time with uh, my buddy Danielle from the USCCB and some other people this past week. I'm working with Focus, and uh, and I'm just I'm so excited about the direction that the church is going in um, with regard to the USCCB and with regard to Focus and, and some of your other um, apostolates and, and ministries in our church, uh, there's such a deep desire to, to evangelize better, to evangelize well, and to share the gospel well. And there is such a humility in so many of these organizations and an openness to, being, um, to receiving help, to receiving help and sharing the joy of the gospel. And so it was great, and I, my, my week ended with a Steubenville South Youth Conference. Uh, I, my youth group and I were there in Alexandria, Louisiana, where 15 years ago I had my conversion and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and so it was great to be able to take my kids to the same conference that I had my conversion at, and uh, that was just a gift as well. I got to spend a lot of time catching up with people. I ran into one of my buddies who I discipled many years ago, uh, who's now uh, a, an awesome lay missionary doing great work for the pro-life movement. Uh, and so it was just a gift. It was a gift of like the unexpected gifts kept popping up. There's so many to, 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 to be able to name, but there were so many beautiful encounters with people. I, I was able to perceive God's love for me through his people in very tangible, concrete ways. And so for that, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the whole team at Ascension, uh, for being so good. Um, and so it's just such a gift to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to God right now. Uh, he's really shown me. How, how much he loves me and, I'm, and I love him so much too so yeah that's my glory story alright before we get into today's topics on the alcohol we gonna get some follow up feedback from previous shows first one comes in from Kay Kay says this Father Josh thank you so much for sharing C's story I recently opened up to my family about my own childhood sexual abuse it led me down a dark path as a teenager and a young adult and after 20-something years of not understanding why I struggle to love myself, why I struggle to accept love, especially God's, and why I don't think I should be here, I finally know where it comes from and why. Therapy, family, and God have got me to this point where I know it's not my fault, and I understand why I made such misguided decisions. I'm starting to work on my struggles. I felt God's love for me, and it's all made possible by opening up and letting God do His work. See you can do it. Don't give up. Okay. Yeah, Kate, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm such a big, big, big believer in therapy um, and obviously in God and, and, and healthy relationships with our family. And so I praise God that you've allowed the Lord to um, share his healing graces with you through those resources in the body of Christ. And finally, uh, Mara, uh, or Mara um, wrote, uh, Hi, Father Josh, just want to send a quick email. Really appreciate your podcast and just had a clarification about watching TV when you cannot attend Mass. I thought your answer for how to determine if it's okay to miss Mass was spot on, but I just wanted to mention that watching Mass on TV is a completely different issue from the Sunday obligation. Watching Mass on TV is a nice thing, but if you can't attend the Mass, then you also have no obligation or requirement to watch Mass on TV. But if you actually can attend Mass, then watching it on TV is no way uh, lessens the sin. Yeah, that's a great clarification. Um, if you can't attend Mass, you are not obliged to watch it on TV. Um, and, and clearly, a lot of people don't have Mass on TV, right? A lot of people don't have a TV. Um, so if you, if you can't attend Mass for any reason, um, that it's a serious reason, uh, you don't have to. Like, you just can't attend it. So, yeah, good, good clarification. Uh, Mara Mara. I like that name. I'm probably butchering it right now, though. So I'm, I'm just going to say God's beloved daughter. 
Mara, Mara. God loves you. God knows how to pronounce it. Even if I don't know how to pronounce your name, God knows how. And he loves you. And he knows your name because uh, you are a child of God. All right. Let's get into today's questions. First question comes in from Brad. Be rad. Brad says this. Is getting drunk a sin? Uh, what is the actual Catholic definition of being drunk? How do I know when I pass the point of drinking too much? And what would I need to go to confession after drinking? Um, so I, I think before we get to all that, I just want to go into Scripture, the Word of God, really quick. Um, because Scripture um, gives really a strong witness to the fact that drinking can be a good thing. Um, but obviously, getting drunk is is not a good thing. And so um, 1 Corinthians, St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, verses 9 through 10, that, that drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, so that's a pretty serious statement. He does not say people who drink alcohol won't inherit, but people who get drunk. Uh, and he says the same thing in Galatians 5.21. If we abuse alcohol and we are um, freely choosing to get drunk and we're not being forced into it, it's not an addiction, um, that that's, uh, that's a disqualification for the kingdom of God. Uh, and he also uh, speaks in his letter to the Ephesians in 518 uh, that uh, he is opposed to drunkenness, right? Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. And so Christian leaders, Christians are, are encouraged in the word of God uh, by St. Paul uh, to be temperate. Uh, he does this in his letter to 1 Timothy um, chapter 3. Um, but at the same time, he also encourages Timothy to drink wine. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 23, he says, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. So wine is a good thing. All throughout Scripture, um, they talk about drinking wine, right? Wine is not a bad thing. It's when we abuse wine. In fact, Jesus Christ's first miracle in the wedding of Cana was he turned water into wine. I mean, he turned a lot of water into wine, too. A lot. And so the goal, though, is they didn't turn a lot of water to wine for one person. It was for the whole community. So the Lord wants to invite us to be temperate um, because if we're not temperate, then we might get drunk. Um, and we don't even want to appear to be drunk. Uh, the, the apostles and the Acts of the Apostles, after they received the Holy Spirit, they were accused of being drunk. Um, they, were, they were misunderstood by the community. Not only were the apostles uh, called drunkards, but even Jesus Christ was misunderstood uh, for being a drunkard. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, uh, verse 33 through 34, it says this, For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine. And you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a glutton and a drunkard. Uh, so uh, clearly, even Jesus Christ was misunderstood in his walk toward eternity. Um, but drinking also is clearly not a sin. It's getting drunk that's the sin. And so the goal is to be temperate, is, is to cultivate the virtue of temperance. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, St. Paul, he really invites the, the bishops to not be drunkards and the deacons to not be addicted to too much wine, which means he's encouraged them to be temperate people. Uh, so what is temperance? Temperance means not too much or not too little. It's the virtue, right? the goal that we're aiming for. Um, so drinking to access, uh, getting drunk, uh, will cause us to lose control of our free will and our reason. If you listen to my podcast in the beginning, you remember I did a show on marijuana and I talked about like why I'm against marijuana because what it does um, to us men and women who are created in the image of God, uh, namely the ways in which it it attacks our free will and it attacks our reason. Likewise, if we abuse alcohol and if we drink too much alcohol, it could also 
affect our free will and it can also affect our reason in a negative way. Now, each one of us has our own particular tolerance of alcohol. We're all unique individuals. We have different personalities. We have different temperaments. We have different, um, we have different, uh, capacity to receive alcohol well um to drink it without getting drunk and some people can like not drink it well and some people can legit like uh be drunk off of just a little bit so like every one of us has a different intake of alcohol and so there isn't like a i can't like come up with like a sheet of paper and say if you drink two beers you're past the limit right because some people can have three beers and that's that's their their limit other people can have one beer and after that that's their limit. like my mom my mom she's a lightweight so she has like a half of a margarita, and she's good. She's like, you know what? I'm beginning to feel the effects. And so what she does is once she begins to feel the effects, um, which are not bad, right? Because even scripture um, allows us to feel the effects of alcohol in the beginning, the effects being they, they can be relaxing or whatever. And in Psalm 104, I think verse 15, it says that um, wine gladdens your heart, right? So wine can gladden your heart a little bit, right? Uh, you can feel the the happiness, but the second you get to that point, that's whenever you know I've met my my limit. Like this is where I should stop. Um, because if my mother were to continue to drink past the point of feeling the effect of I feel a little bit relaxed, I feel you know whatever after the half a margarita, that's whenever it gets dangerous, right? So now it's getting to the point where you don't want to keep going past feeling the initial effect. Like the, the, the initial effect is like the point where I I would say we should stop. Um, particularly even for people um, in ministry, especially. Um, I, there's a rule that uh, a priest taught me years ago, and it was um, drink to the point of doing ministry. Like, you don't want to get a phone call at any point in the day if you're a priest and and have to go to the hospital and and not be able to go because you might be what people say. Oh, Saint Augustine says you could be tipsy. Well, what does he mean? I think he meant tipsy is the point of feeling the effect right there. You stop right there. You don't want to be beyond that because can you do ministry at that point? Could you legit go to the hospital? Could you drive to the hospital? No. You could Uber there, uh, but then could you be present to the person that you're that you're in relationship with? Probably not well, right? Um, so I think it's good to have that kind of criterion of I'm going to stop at this point of being relaxed. The second I feel relaxed, that's the good point to stop. We don't want to be overly giddy because once you get overly giddy, we begin to to have uh, less control over our free will. Um, so if we continue to drink past the point of this like nice feeling of like, okay, I feel kind of like, all right, relax. Then what that leads to is the textbook definition of drunkenness, which is a sin. Um, this includes, uh, as the, as the great Wikipedia says, flush skin, decreased social inhibition at lower doses, larger doses, producing progressively severe impairments of balance, muscle coordination, and decision-making abilities, potentially leading to violent or erratic behavior, as well as nausea, vomiting from alcohol's disruptive effect on the semicircular canals of the inner ear and chemical irritation of the gastric mucosa, right? (laughs) That sounded very whatever, but seriously, like, y'all, we, we know at what point we should stop. So, um, yeah, so hopefully that was helpful for you. Um, and when should you go to confession after drinking? Uh, if you, if you got, if you got drunk, I mean, as soon as possible, right? Um, most, priests have confessions every day and if they don't you can call the office and go um and at least they have it on saturday right i hope uh, so i would go as soon as possible um because we don't it's just not good to have any sin on our soul right it's not some people make the distinction between mortal and venial 
which John does in, in the scriptures, like, oh, if it's not mortal, like, you know, it's not that important to go because, you know, the Eucharist can take care of that. But it's like, we shouldn't want, we should never settle for mediocrity with any any vices. Like, I don't want any vice to be on my soul ever. And so even if I have a venial sin, it's still good to to receive sacramental grace from the confessional, right? Because it's just good to. So yeah, so I would say go as soon as possible, right? I mean, I'm not going to, Say so like freak out and have a meltdown about it, but definitely like plan on going as soon as possible if you went past the point of your limit, whatever that might be for you. All right. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions about getting drunk and being a sin or just in the, in the gift of alcohol as well. Uh, next question comes in from Gregory C. Uh, Gregory C. writes about underage drinking. What's up, Father Josh? I've been so blessed, blessed. There's a song called Blessed from like way back in the day. Let me see. Um, uh, I, I can't even do it. Never mind. I was going to try, Greg. I really was, uh, but mm-mm, not today. By your podcast, please know that I've been praying for you. I'm super grateful for your prayers, Gregory. That's the name of one of the priests who vested me whenever I was ordained by the Gregory Bouquet. Shout out to that monk. Uh, I have a question about underage drinking. I'm 19 and my older brother is 25. He lets me drink when I'm hanging out at his place with all his friends, but I know it's still against the law. I'm not purposely getting drunk. I mean, we mostly sit and talk about life, relationships, and some theology and how to become better men. Am I doing something wrong, or is it okay for me to keep drinking with him? So that's a great question, Gregory. See, when I was on the college campus at LSU, this question came up a lot. So I'm so grateful that you're asking it because I think a lot of people have a lot of really misguided information about alcohol and our ability to drink alcohol um, before we are the legal age. So I think as a Catholic Christian, the first thing that you need to recognize is you have an obligation to obey the law. Um, Some people will say, well, you do know that an unjust law is no law at all, right? Uh, And so uh, that's what St. Augustine taught. Again, St. Augustine keeps coming up today. Maybe he's praying for us for this show. But an unjust law is is something like abortion. An unjust law is something like the uh, Jim Crow laws, right? Those are unjust laws. Being able to consume alcohol, I think, is a different category, right? Um, It's not the same thing as Martin Luther King Jr. disobeying the segregation laws uh, under Jim Crow. Two different things here, right? And so uh, it doesn't apply here. In, In the scriptures, Romans chapter 13 Um, teaches us that every person needs to be subject to the governing authorities. And so what does that mean? The governing authorities in the United States of America currently teach that uh, if you are not 21 years old, you cannot buy alcohol uh, and you cannot drink alcohol unless you are with your parent and have their permission and are with your guardian and have their permission. Right. Some people like to get loose with this and say, well, I could be with any family member. I'm pretty sure most of the laws like in Louisiana and some other places state that it's the parent and the legal guardian and they have to give you permission. It's not enough to say, "Okay, well, I'm at the house so I can sneak alcohol in the room and drink. No, that's 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 not okay. Not only is it not okay with the 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 legal um, aspect of it, but also with honoring your parents. Um, If your parents have a rule in the house that says you can't drink without their permission and you choose to drink, that's breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, God did not give us 10,000 commandments. He gave us 10. And so when we break any of the Ten Commandments, it's, it's pretty serious matter. Um, and so I think we need to just be clear that um, you know it's not okay in America. Now, if you're in Europe, that's something totally different, right? I believe Europe has different, uh, different laws with regards to alcohol. Other countries have different laws with regards to alcohol. And so what is their legal age? 
whatever the legal age is would make it okay. So if you're hanging out with your brother and his friends in Medjugorje or something like that, I'm pretty sure it's okay to drink alcohol as a 19-year-old. But if you're not in another country, if you're not with your parents and or legal guardian, then I would I would encourage you to stay away. And another reason why it's important to stay away from it right now is because of uh, the scandal. Right? As, a, as a disciple, so you're a young man talking about theology, talking about being a better man, uh, one of the things that can happen is, is you might give witness to other people who are following the law and who know you're not 21 and who are trying to be disciples. And they might say, man, look at Gregory C. He's over there drinking all the time. He knows it's against the law. That's scandalous. He's not really following all the teachings of the word of God. So therefore, I know he goes to mass. I, I know that he reads the word of God, but he's not listening to it. So I don't, I don't think I should, I should walk with him. I don't think I should let him mentor me because I find that, that to be scandalous. So I think that you need to keep in mind the scandal. Um, I used to always tell my students that. I was like, yeah, like y'all, I get that you want to go out, you want to do all this stuff or whatever, but like if you're not 21, I'm telling you, like you might be the reason why somebody walks away from the gospel because they're going to see you breaking the law, and that really might turn them away from Jesus. And so we're going to be held accountable for how responsible we were with all of the text of sacred scripture and our walk toward eternity. So um, I would encourage you, unless you're with your parents or your legal guardians or in another country, to, to just wait. Wait till you're 21 um, because it's, uh, it's this is not necessary right now for you, um, in my opinion. So let me know what you think. Y'all, y'all might have some other advice that y'all might want to share with me and Gregory C. So hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final two questions about unintentionally getting drunk and also giving some whiskey, some some Tennessee whiskey to our, our babies whenever they're teething. All right. Stay tuned. Two thousand years ago. Jesus Christ chose corrupt, broken, imperfect, sinful men to be the foundation of his church. And because these broken, imperfect men chose to remain in relationship with Jesus, they became saints. And they were used by Jesus to transform hearts and minds 2,000 years later. I invite you to check out my book, Broken and Blessed, where you'll find practical tools to overcome habitual sin, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and to walk with an imperfect church toward a perfect God who is calling all of us to perfection over time. To order the paperback book or audiobook, Broken and Blessed, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record me a voice note, send it to me as well, and we can play it on future shows. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats so that other people can find out about the gift of the show. All right, next question comes in from Cassandra. I love that name, Cassandra. It's about accidentally getting drunk. So I'm a mom of three, and I've, I never had the chance to go out with my girlfriends. Uh, last weekend, two of my best friends and I were able to go out on a Friday night, thanks to our amazing husbands, and we got a few drinks. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you got to um, go be with your friends. I, the more I'm hanging out with my friends who are having babies, the more I'm just realizing, like, man, like y'all really do make a lot of sacrifices as moms and dads. So I just want to reverence you right now, Cassandra, and every other mother and father out there right now, because I, I see how taxing it is to be um, 
to be present, right? To be present to the present moment, to be present to God, to be present to your family whenever there's so much going on in your lives. So I just, I just want you to know that you are being prayed for right now. All right, so you said uh, last weekend two of my best friends were able to go out. We got a few drinks. Well, dot, 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 dot. I must be from the Stone Ages or maybe I just forgot to eat after feeding my kids. Smiley face. But after my first drink, I ordered what I thought would be a lighter mixed drink, just enough to keep loosening up, you know. But I ended up ordering something really strong, and I got drunk. Uh, My friends drove me home. My husband was really understanding, but I feel really guilty. Is that a mortal sin? Or because I didn't mean for that to happen, could it be more of a venial sin, Cassandra? So great question. Um, uh, We we need to uh, be aware of our limits with the alcohol, right? Because we don't know um, the the effects of it, right, Um, on us. But once we learn, once we learn, then we can do better in the future. And so is it a mortal sin? Well, there's three qualifications for a sin to be mortal according to the catechism of the Catholic Church. The catechism of the Catholic Church says that for something to be mortal, it has to be grave matter. All right, so clearly getting drunk is grave matter. Um, but it also has to be two other things with that. So it cannot be one of the three. It must be all three. The other two qualifications for mortal sin, which is deadly sin, which First John writes about in the Bible. I know some people like to say, well, all sin is sin. All sin is equal. That's just not true. According to the New Testament, according to First John, there are some sins that are deadly and some sins that are non-deadly. Deadly means mortal. A non-deadly means venial. And so there's three qualifications. Grave matter, um, full knowledge, uh, and, and the freedom to do so. And so because uh, you did not know that you would get drunk off of that lighter drink, I would not say it's a mortal sin. I would still say it's grave matter, right? I, I do think there's grave, there's some grave material there, um, but it's not mortal. And so, yeah, I, I would encourage you just go to confession, right? You're not in mortal sin, um, but it is still something that you should just go to Christ to repent of in the way that he's offered us to receive his forgiveness in the gospels. He breathed on the apostles and said, who sins you forgive or forgiven, who sins you retain or retained. And so go and receive God's mercy. Um, but you are definitely not in mortal sin, uh, my sister. So a uh, great question. And but, but for any of us, any of us, we just have to begin to learn what's my limit, right? What's well, like the first question. It was like, what's the limit of getting drunk? It's, it's different for all of us. For some people, they can have two glasses of wine. For some people, they can have one. For some, they can have a couple beers. For some, they cannot. And so we have to learn how much can I drink and, and also just be careful about mixing different kinds of drinks as well. Um, what, what's the saying? Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Beer before liquor, I've never been sicker. Is that right? Um, and so learn what your body works with. If, if drinking uh, different things will have an effect. And also pace yourself. One of my rules I like to practice is, is just if you order something, drink it really slow. And then also have water between drinks. Um, and so that way you're not just like drinking, 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 but you're drinking really slow and you're also having water between and you're eating food too with it. If you're drinking on an empty stomach, it's, you're likely to get tipsy. There was actually one time I just share the story. One time I was fasting. I forgot about the story until just now I was fasting. And um, and and so I was fasting all day. And then that night I was going to have a meal with a friend. And so it was uh, a missionary came in town. And so I was going to eat with this friend and a, a missionary Franciscan. So we go to the restaurant. Well, I get there first, and mind you, I've been fasting all day. And but I, I don't think about that. Like when I'm fasting, I don't think, "Oh my gosh, I fasted all day today, right?" I just, I just was. And I was at this restaurant, and I was waiting for my friends. And so I walked in. And I'm a priest, and so a lot of people know me when I go places. And so I saw some parishioners, and they were like, "Oh, come sit with us while you wait for your friend in, in this missionary Franciscan." And uh, and so I, I sat down with them, and 
and uh, they had, I think, chips and salsa. It was like a Mexican restaurant. And so I got a margarita uh, with my chips and salsa as I waited. But then like an hour goes by and my friend and this missionary don't show up. And so like, I text them. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Where y'all at? And they're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. Like, we're just not going to be able to make it tonight. Well, at this point, the couple that I was with, my parishioners, they were like, they've already eaten. Like they were done when I got there and they waited an hour with me while I waited for my friends. And so they were like, well, I mean, what do you plan on doing, Father Josh? And I was like, well, I guess I'll just go home. You know, I, I just, I head back home. I, I didn't, um, like, you know, like they're, they're not coming. So I, I just go make a pizza for myself or something like that. Right. But I realized whenever I got home that, oh my gosh, like I just drank a margarita. Um, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like, while well, I, that had not eaten all day and I, I, I began to feel the effects like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling the effects of drinking a margarita with just chips and salsa and nothing else in my system, but water all day. Um, and so I, I learned a lesson that day. Like I can never, um, drink alcohol if I'm fasting, like on fast days, just don't at all. Like not just, just a practical rule. Like just like the ministry rule, drink to the point of doing ministry. If you're fasting, those aren't days where we should, you know, drink. Um, unless it's like, I think beer, I think the monks back in the old days used to fast on beer because like the yeast or something like that. I don't know how that worked because I'm not a monk. Uh, nor have I ever tried that fast. Uh, but anyways, but so sometimes we don't intend on it, but it's still something to 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 be aware of. Like, oh, well, I, I should have been more prudent or, you know, whatever. But I get it. You didn't intend to do it. And, um, and it's been a long time since, since you've been out. So it makes sense to why your body reacted so strongly to to those drinks. So, yeah, confession is still good to go to. Go to confession, get the grace, um, but don't um, don't be scrupulous and, and like lose your mind and and and, um, and condemn yourself. Right? Don't condemn yourself. It was an honest mistake uh, that sometimes we can make, and so just be aware of it in the future. All right, final question is about whiskey and toddlers coming in from Mar- Marissa. Oh, Marisa, Marisa, uh, 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 uh. you remind me of West Side Story. And she asked about this. Can I rub whiskey on my toddler's gums to help with teething? I'm running out of ideas. Capital letters, H-E-L-P, help. Okay, so uh, I think that depends. I mean, is it Tennessee whiskey? Used to spend my nights out in the barroom. Liquor was only loving home. Uh, no, nah, I'm just joking. No, don't, no, not, don't do that. So this is a pretty easy question for me to answer. I think I, I called actually one of my doctors um, who I'm friends with, a good guy, a Catholic doctor in the area. And I just I asked him this question because I'm not a doctor and I don't have babies. Uh, so I don't know what to do with stuff like this. And uh, he definitely said this is not a respectable, respectable practice. Uh, he said he would refer you through me, so he encouraged me to refer you to your your pediatrician. Just ask your pedi- pediatrician what their ideas are, um, because this is not a respectable practice. Uh, so I, I would stay away from giving my baby alcohol um, <laughs> because it clearly is just uh, it doesn't work too well. Um, so. And I know you're not drinking with your your, your toddler either. So, but if, if if that was the case, uh, that wouldn't be good either. But yeah, I, I I get it. But you need help. So what I would encourage you to do is go to your pediatrician, ask your pediatrician, and then also to any mom out there who has toddlers, um, when their teeth is that just something that you just allow them to experience the pain and suffering of, and you pray with them as they are crying in in, in pain, um, or what practices have you done um, to help your your toddler out when they cry? Um, clearly, I'm not a mom. I don't have a toddler, uh, but I do know from my doctor's advice that 
According to medical physicians, this is not a respectable practice. So I just wouldn't do it, but uh, hopefully your pediatrician could give you some good advice on what to do. And maybe some other moms can write in some, some tools and tips on what they've done. Okay, so that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, let me know what you thought. Uh, this is our first ever a themed show where everything was about one topic and the many different ways we can approach this topic. And so I just I really want your feedback. Do you appreciate the theme show? Do you like the shows where we talk about a number of different topics? Uh, let me know because I want to walk with you well toward eternity. I want to accompany you well, uh, and, and together we can become saints. Um, but if, if this is not helpful, I want to know. If it is helpful, I want to know uh, because because this is it's our community. You're, you're definitely a necessary member of the body of Christ, and you're a necessary member of this show, Ask Father Josh. And so I rely on you to, to help me help other people uh, become saints and grow in holiness and grow in virtue in their walk toward eternity. God bless.